Hello and welcome to the Fingal Business Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by local enterprise office Fingal, one of 31 local enterprise offices around the country. Local enterprise office Fingal helps local business through a wide range of practical initiatives and programs. The Leo is your first stop shop for business supports. So whether you're just starting out or an established business, Local Enterprise Office Fingal is here to help. The aim of the Fingal Business Podcast is to share quality information for small business owner managers to enable you to be more effective in running a successful enterprise. My name is Sharon Rossignuolo and I'll be chatting to industry experts so that you can get the best advice to help you to succeed in your business. In this episode, it's all about the do's and don'ts of website design with Director of Digital Marketing and Strategy at Digital Insights, Keith Ferrihy. Keith, you are so very welcome to the Fingal Business Podcast. Oh, Sharon, you're more than welcome. I'm really looking forward to it. So we are going to dive straight into the do's and don'ts of website design. And probably the most important Mm -hmm. question that I'm going to ask you today and something that all businesses will want to know, what are the main factors that businesses need to think about when they're creating their website? Yeah, listen, that's a great question. I think the first thing that um, businesses need to bear in mind is that the website needs to look great in terms of imagery, you know, make sure their brand is clearly uh, mm-hmm. portrayed. And it's just general kind of um, yeah, look and feel and user experience. OK, so if it's a service based business, you need to have all of your, you know, services clearly laid out on nice landing pages. If it's a product-based business for e-commerce, the products need to look good, well represented with good um, imagery, clear calls to action in terms of add to basket and carts and so on and so forth, and easy navigation so that when a user comes to your website, clear, obvious navigation system for the various different products and services, be that true proper categorization. So just make sure that your website is as frictionless as, as possible for users when they're using yes. the site. Frictionless. It's a difficult word to say, but it is so, so important when it comes it to website navigation. Yeah. Because it's like if you um, if you were to walk into someone's house, for example, you want to be comfortable. You want to spend time there. You want to know that if you're headed for the kitchen and you walk in the door, that it is actually the kitchen and everything is obvious and laid out. And I suppose on a website, it's very similar, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, again, just uh, when users get confused, that's when they leave your website. Okay, they'll kind of bounce back out of the page that they're on. They'll break out of a process. If it's a checkout process for an e-commerce site, if there's anything that they come across that's, you know, they're not expecting, uh, as I say, that, that concept of kind of friction in the process and they'll stop and leave. So how important is it to have a mobile responsive website? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. And you just said it there, you know, I mean, without a doubt, particularly for anything that's consumer based, uh, mobile is going to be huge. Um, You probably find that 60, 70 percent of your traffic to your website will come through a mobile device. Wow, it's that Um, high. Yeah, I mean, again, if it's business to business, you know, typically it would be Mm -hmm. less than that. But certainly for anything kind of at a a consumer base level, you know, you're you're looking at figures around that. So therefore, it's critical when you're getting your website designed and developed, you know, that it's a mobile first approach. You know, so when you're looking, reviewing your designs from your designer and that you're you're looking at them in, you know, not on a big screen, you know, you should be looking at them, you know, with that with that mobile view in mind. And then obviously, likewise, for your desktop version, make sure 
you know, that it renders um, and it's designed accordingly for, for whatever the screen is, that the screen size that's accessing your site. And, you know, responsive is typically the way forward for most sites uh, today. There was times in the past when people would have built mobile specific sites, but generally speaking, for most of the listeners on the line here today, that, you know, responsive site that automatically re-renders based on the screen size that's um, accessing uh, your your website. Yeah, is the way that forward. makes perfect sense. And any experienced web designer is, is going to know that that's the case and that. But at the same time, if you're commissioning a website design, it's probably important that you're aware of this and just highlighting it and pointing it out. Um, I really like you know, your point there about the fact it and it is very, very true. If it's B2B, it is probably more likely that they're going through desktop, but certainly B2C is going to be a huge percentage will go through mobile, won't they? Yeah. I mean, for both of them, I mean, the point is, is that, you know, you should your, your website should render property regardless of whatever the, the, the screen um, mm-hmm. is that's accessing it. So whether you be B2B or B2C, it doesn't matter. You mean, you, you know, particularly around you know, something that we'll probably talk about a little later on today about um, search engines. So, you know, Google will look at your website, you know, typically from a mobile first perspective. So regardless of your your your, your business to business or business to consumer, it has to function well on a mobile device or otherwise that's going to have, you know, a, um, knock on effects in terms of your ability to be found through search and things like that that are so important oh, for your business. Brilliant. Let's talk about website security. What is an SSL mm-hmm. certificate and why is it so important to have a valid one? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so basically a secure socket layer certificate. It's encryption both ways on your website. So particularly if you're an e-commerce uh, site, it's something that you you need to make sure that you have in place. You typically get it with your hosting package. And it just means that that users data who, you know, people come to your website that then they're filling in data, that that data is being encrypted both ways. So therefore, you know, you're not exposing any of their information, you know, on an unsecure line, as it were. And again, you know, the users will see that. They'll see the little SSL certificate, the lock icon. If you're using browser, the browsers will tell users today if, if the SSL certificate is not in place, that it's unsecure. That will straight away kind of make people kind of wary of using your website. So it's a critical part of the infrastructure when you're getting your site built, particularly if you're contemplating doing any um, payment processing. It's, you know, today it's it's, it's mandatory. Right. Yeah. And you're so right, actually. I notice if I go onto a website and that not secure comes up in the browser in the bar there, mm. immediately I, yeah, I feel a bit compromised and it certainly would make you feel nervous about doing business on that site. So it's, it's obviously yeah. something critical that everybody needs to have. Yeah, and as I say, it's not particularly expensive. It's part. Typically, you can get it as part of your your hosting package. So yeah, it's it's something that you know. In fairness, not only e-commerce uh, providers, but you know, it's particularly for them, it, it's 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 really really important to make sure you have yeah, that. Brilliant, place. brilliant. So Keith, you've talked a lot about e-commerce, and obviously that's a massive push at the moment to get people trading online. People, yeah. you know, aren't going out as much as they used to to shops and stores, etc. So it really is the way forward. In your experience, what do all good e-commerce websites have in common? What makes a good e-commerce website? Yeah, well, it's kind of back to our original point that we said about, you know, just the, the, the aesthetic and the layout and the navigation, uh, making sure that your products are, you know, um, the f- photography and the imagery 
is as good as quality as you can possibly yeah. get. Like, don't compromise on that. Uh, obviously, descriptions uh, around your product as well. So it, just making sure that the user has all the information at their kind of, you know, on the screen at that time. Then when it comes to the actual checkout process, that you're making it as easy and as effortless as possible for the users. So you're not asking, you know, unnecessary questions. There's a nice, simple flow through the, the, the checkout process. Again, making sure that everything is secure. There's nothing kind of untoward there, that there's no uh, uh, signals coming up that would, you know, for example, what we just talked about there in terms of you didn't have an SSL search on the site. And then providing as many payment options as, as makes sense. Um, you know, uh, typically, you know, there, there's different kind of payment providers that you can use. But, you know, give, giving the users as many options as, as makes sense um, for your business. So, yeah, just nice kind of well, well presented, nice, clear navigation, good imagery and a uh, clear checkout process. And um, that's, you know, there's nothing, you know, unusual, no unusual steps or whatever. And again, just making sure that the user's never really questioning the process. Yeah, yeah. so they, they don't have to go off looking for answers or we're not making it difficult for them. We're making it easy for them to buy, At basically. All. Isn't that yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, um, and the shop analogy, we, we were talking about it beforehand. You know, uh, you when you go into a shop, a physical shop, I mean, they're all the things that, we implicitly kind of look for, you know, in terms of, you know, products well presented, nice kind of ambience, you know, in terms of the aesthetic. And um, when you go to check out that it's as easy as possible to check out, you know, and so those things kind of come, come true in, a, in an online environment yeah, absolutely. as well. And I think we're, we can actually be our own best researchers as well. Like we're all online consumers. I think it'd be very difficult to find somebody who hasn't bought something online. And we know when it's easy yeah. and we know how we feel yeah. when we go through the process and it's effortless and it's seamless. And we, we get all the information that we need, click and it's done and that's it. But we also know the flip side to that when it's difficult and it's clunky and you're going through different buttons. Yeah. You just get that level of frustration that you're like, oh, you know what? I couldn't be bothered. Yeah. I'll just go elsewhere. Uh, I totally agree with you. I mean, we're we're all fairly critical uh, at this point when using sites and um, we know what looks good. We know what good user experience is even if we're not web designers and, you know, we, we because we're, we're kind of super mm. users, all of us today. And, and so if you come across a website that, you know, it just doesn't flow that well and, you know, you're straight away, you're, you, you know, you're, you're uncomfortable and that is just not going to lead to an outcome that the business owner wants, you know. Um, so it's important to yeah, get those absolutely. things right. And I suppose it's important actually to think in those terms is that what is the outcome that you want from your website? You want people to buy what is the outcome that you want from people going through the, the buyer journey on your website is that they feel good about the experience? Because at the end of the day, I suppose, similar to a bricks and mortar store, it is all about the customer experience and how people feel when they buy from you. And also that they that they'll come back, True. you know, because most businesses, particularly if you're if you're e-commerce, you know, and also for service based. Um, you want people to come back. So customer retention and repeatability is really important. Yeah, that's actually a brilliant point as well. So we've talked a lot, I suppose, about mainly product-based business in terms of the e-commerce. That's what yeah. we have in our minds. If someone is running a service-based mm. business, what would you see as being the must-haves in terms of attracting customers? There, there's a couple of different things. And we'll probably chat about this, uh, about, you know, making your website yeah, findable and accessible. Um, but just in terms of the website itself, 
you know, again, for service-based businesses, it's more about lead generation. So again, you know, thinking about your business and looking at your services that you offer, um, trying to put, you know, good categorization on your website around the different types of services and, you know, looking at the, the, the pages and each page should be its own landing page. So there should be, you know, clear calls to action on it. If it's, you know, an inquiry form that you wanted somebody to fill in and making sure that your phone number is visible, uh, you know, as, as uh, you know, at all times, maybe you can have floating kind of um, banners where you've got a, uh, the phone number is there visible um, on the screen all the time. But it, it, it's back to that point that you were making uh, earlier on about outcomes. You know, what is the point of your website? And for service-based businesses, typically it's going to be, you know, somebody to pick up the phone and ring you. It's going to be to fill out a form, to leave an inquiry, you know, that type of stuff. Or, you know, again, it could be a booking a booking form, so book now, etc. So all of those things, you know, again, that the, the service needs to be clearly kind of um, presented on the site and then the outcome that you're looking for the user to kind of, you know, to fulfill the, the call to action and the process around that is seamless. Yeah, exactly. Well. So it's again, it's that that idea of having that journey and going through and also those really obvious things of having your phone number there, making it easy for people to contact you. And it's amazing, actually, yeah, how many how many websites <clears throat> don't have that ease with which to navigate or even are lacking those fundamental pieces of information. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, we've all gone to websites. We're looking for a phone number and we can't find the phone number. You know, and it's in a contact us page and it's down the end of the contact us. I mean, it's just yeah. frustrating. So, if, you know, if you want your phone to ring, you know, make sure that your phone number is clear and obvious as, you know, at, at critical junctures, if not always on your yeah, website. Absolutely brilliant. So you're, you're telling people, look, contact me. It's a bit like that analogy, isn't it? Of If you want to buy the lottery, make sure you buy the ticket. If you want people to call you, make sure you give yeah. them the phone number. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's it. And look, for a lot of businesses, you know that the, the getting the phone to ring is is key. You know it's a, it's a, it's a clear business outcome that they want yeah, out of their exactly. Side. And then you work your magic in terms of being aware of you know having questions ready, what that customer needs, and how you can provide it, and all that. So it brings it to the next level, really, in yeah. terms of contact and and business generation. So we talked before about, or you mentioned the fact actually that people need to be able to find you. So what is the best way yeah. to make sure that your website <laughs> ranks on Google? Yeah, well, look, I mean, there's it, there, there's a lot going on there, and particularly for for businesses who may not be kind of uh, have huge technical resources and stuff like that. But you know, but first of all, you have to think about look, what are the the phrases that your customers will be searching for when they're looking for your business? What are the questions that they might be asking? Um, so trying to get inside the head of you know we, your target audience, your personas, and in terms of their vocabulary. And then kind of aligning that with your products and your services. So trying to take some of those phrases. So this is what we call, you know, keyword optimization. Now, you don't want to go overdo this, but when you build a website, this process of search engine optimization, you try and take some of those words and related words and, you know, um, and you kind of integrate and weave those into your, your pages. So then as Google comes in and they index your your site, they find these phrases. Now, those phrases, you know, this is what we call on-page optimization. You, you put those words into your website in key kind of tags, they call them. And so that's all that stuff where you're basically priming your website for your audience's vocabulary. Then there's other things that you can do 
do around, you know, speed of your website, you know, trying to make sure that it's as fast as it possibly can. And that's where your your developer can help you out, obviously, around things like that. But it's also around even image optimization, you know, making sure that your images are compressed and so on and so forth. Other things as well, um, such as mobile friendliness, that's a key factor for Google. So, you know, trying as much as you possibly can, getting getting inside the head of the users, trying to kind of align their vocabulary with the vocabulary that you use on your website. And then some of them was more technical things as well and um, that we've just talked about there, mobile optimization speed, and also trying to get other people to link into your website. So, you know, doing all of those things, you know, I'm not saying that it's simple, but, you know, as you go through and look at this as a process, you can continually improve how you go about this and you know over time as google indexes you those rankings will hopefully kind of improve but as i say it is a process and it takes time but i suppose given that e-commerce and websites are so important at the moment like if you had a bricks and mortar shop you would make sure it looks good you would make sure that you know you do your maintenance that the door isn't squeaking all that kind of thing so it's probably similar with the website that there is a body of work that's involved there and it is a consistent process Definitely, there has been an element probably where businesses have built a shiny new website and then they've just left it there and then it gets old and until the next refresh again when a web designer has to come in again. But actually, it's it shouldn't be like that. We need to be consistently working on the website, keeping it up to date, keeping it relevant. And as you said, just that point about what language are your customers using? What are they looking for? What do they type into Google when they're looking for your service? Makes perfect sense. Yeah, and and the point that you make as well there is uh, the you know uh, a website is not a one time exercise where you build it and then you go right I'm I'm glad that's all yeah. over and done with move on you, you know you go, you've got to go back in maintain it you know and even things that we may talk about you know uh, thinking about you know possibly you know in terms of ad, how how can I continually add new content to my website and that's true things like. You know, your listeners will know and read blogs or articles or news or whatever so that you're continually updating your websites. Because remember, again, the search engines, not just Google, they're indexing your website every single day. So if you build your website and you don't go near it again, like they're indexing it, you know, continually and they're looking for new content. And if the answer they get back every time is that, well, there's nothing has changed here since the site was built originally, you know, that's obviously going to bode badly for you in terms of rankings because they're looking for fresh updated, relevant sources of information. That's the way that they view your website. And if your website is stale, well, you know, that's going to be realistically not work in your favor when people are searching in phrases related to your business. They'll find somebody else who's providing more relevant, more updated um, yeah, content. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And I suppose they have their own reputations to consider. We're the consumer of the internet and they need to go off and find us fresh information. There's no point just looking at old, stale information. So as business owners, yeah. that's where we, no, yeah, we we step up and we give them what they want, give them. And I suppose we're working in our business every single day. There are things happening in our business every single day. People need our services, our products. And at any given time, they could be typing into Google looking for it. So it's up to us, I suppose, to make sure that the world is aware of it and that we're, we're giving a fresh perspective yeah. on it all the time. 
And I think that thing about also just to, to just to say there about answering questions. So you know they may not necessarily be looking, they may not be searching for that specific product, that specific service, but they might be looking. They might have a question around that product or that service. And again, that's another thing that we can try and do is answer their questions. You know, so that we answer their question, they come into our website, they find that we've answered that question, and then they see that actually as well as that you provide that product or service. So you know it's part of a lead generation process. That probably sits nicely with what my next question, that idea of fresh content (laughs) and that idea of having a blog or news or something that's updated. That's probably a good a good way to approach it. What questions are your customers asking or how can you answer them? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think that's it. You know, uh, again, you can just look at your your product, your services that you're offering, and then think of kind of the, you know, because there's normally an information deficit. You as a provider of those products and services, you have loads of information in, you know, that you as an expert, you know, supplier or user, et cetera, will have. Um, but your, you know, your, your, your customers won't have that information and they're trying to bridge that gap. So your website is a way for you to bridge that gap online from an information perspective. So anticipate you know, you can, there's tools out there that you can use that will tell you all the search queries that people are asking for around a particular topic. And so you can go through those and you can figure out, well, these ones are more relevant and germane to my business and sort of answering some of those questions. And they act as hooks then to get people, you know, into your website. You know, you're providing them with kind of useful information. You know, there's a value exchange going on there. And then hopefully, you know, that, you know, the, the experience that they have when they're consuming that information is reasonably positive. And therefore, then, you know, that they're more inclined to either, you know, be it, you know, um, uh, further research your products or services, buy from you, pick up the phone, etc. So it's, it's, a, it's a great way to kind of nurture, as they call it, prospects, you know, uh, who are a relevancy with your business. So, Keith, at this stage, we have a great website, we have a great design, we have great mm-hmm. content. We've talked about all this stuff, the aesthetics, the imagery, the user journey, making it frictionless, seamless, getting those blogs in, that updated news in. So how can we ensure that we have our T's crossed and our I's dotted when it comes to compliance and GDPR, which is, is a big concern. It's not something that everyone would organically or naturally know about. So how can we make sure we've got that covered? Yeah, well, you obviously have to... As of May 25th, 2018, uh, GDPR is something that, you know, all of us as businesses have been, you know, we've gone through the process and we're kind of hopefully now at this point acutely aware of responsibilities. Uh, So in terms of privacy policy, you know, we obviously have to publish what we, what data we capture and to make sure that, you know, and also now it is implemented slightly differently across different websites, okay? You know, some websites will give users all the, you know, uh, much more what they call granular control over their privacy settings, you know, in terms of what cookies and things like that do they allow us to use. But, you know, we, we, we have to give users and respect users and let them know exactly, you know, what cookies we're using. And that should all be in your privacy policy there as well. Likewise, for example, if you are using uh, any form of email marketing or even text marketing, um, you always have to get permission uh, from the users to make sure that it's opt-in. Again, these things have been, you know, it has always been thus, you know, uh, except I suppose GDPR has refocused and just put a, a line down again to say, like, it absolutely has to be in place now when we're doing any kind of 
direct marketing um, through kind of electronic means that we give users the ability to opt out, give users, uh, make sure that they have opt in. And it's a kind of, it's it's a use it or lose it as well. You don't have, you know, you have to use the, if they give you permission, you have to communicate to them in a certain amount of time, you know, so you can't just have a database sitting there and not use it for years and years and then try and reactivate it then again. So these are all there. I mean, and, and a great source of information for this, if you're in any way in doubt, is go to the Data Protection Commissioner's website and look at that. And it, it gives you kind of uh, good guidance around things um, to do with you know, users' privacy and the, 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 the whole process right. around that's that. A, that's a really good tip. I know certainly I've had the experience of being signed up to newsletters that I did not ask to be signed up to. And there's a level of frustration there. So apart from the legal responsibility that we have as businesses to give that, but also just from the from how the consumer feels and that that element of permission there that somebody is giving you permission to write to them and let let them know about your products or services or whatever you know that's um, yeah. that's important to have that there too and again you know consumers with businesses it's all about the relationship and make sure making sure it's a positive one as well so the gdp world probably just plugs into that really doesn't it yeah, no, absolutely. And look, I mean, it, it, at this point, you know, there's there's serious considerations if you kind of violate yeah. any of those um, regulations in terms of fines. I mean, they're very hefty. So, you know, business, I, I, you know, you'd like to think at this point that most businesses operating um, within GDPR areas would fully understand the consequences. As we know in business, if we don't measure it, how do we know Mm -hmm. if we are doing a good job? And the same goes for websites. We need to be able to measure it. So what analytics tools would you recommend so the businesses can track their website performance and how they're doing? Yeah. And again, look, I mean, there's there's free tools out there and there's paid tools. I think for most of the businesses, you know, that we've got on the line today, again, you know, we, we, we the, the free tools are, are, are more than adequate for, for, for their needs. OK, so tools like Google Analytics is it's there um it's free to use and it gives you kind of lots and lots of information about your users, where they're coming from and what they're doing on your website. Um, with fairly kind of easy enough customization, you can really track all your events that are on your site. People clicking on buttons, people checking out. Sometimes you might you may need a bit of a helping hand with some of that as well, okay? Because it kind of it means kind of knitting together user actions on your website. As I say, button clicks or phone number clicks or you know going through a checkout process but it's 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 reasonably straightforward to put in place and also if you're using tools like you know shopify and woocommerce from an e-commerce perspective a lot of those have got nice integration with with, with tools like google analytics so therefore that gives you that visibility of what's going on in your site and where they're coming from and what sources of traffic are working reasonably well there are other tools as well possibly one that's maybe not as commonly used uh, but it's it's a great tool is google search console that's a tool that tells you from a search perspective how you're performing around search queries and how you're ranking you know it's it's obviously for google but it gives you a good indication if you're trying to figure out you know where what what, what phrase am i ranking for and how am i doing that's a great tool to use as well and then obviously all the social media tools as well they've got their own uh, insights facebook instagram etc twitter just to keep an eye um obviously on what's going on there in terms of growth and you know your post um uh, reach there's different tools that you can use but certainly i think for the website Google Analytics is, is, is the key uh, tool there. And there are some other uh, tools as well that you can Google tools there. But that, that's the right. key one to make sure that you've got it set up and that you're looking at. I mean, that's the point. I mean, I think a lot of people will have it set up. 
they're not really looking at it and they're not really tracking things. So it's it should be there. It's part of your digital health. You know, it's kind of what you were saying earlier on about the website bit, you know, making that you're thinking about it on an ongoing basis. Your analytics, likewise, shouldn't be something that you're you're dialing in, you're keeping an eye, you're, you're you know, you're trying things. Is it working? Is it not working? Um, so it's there to help you. So a lot of people just look at it as, you know, just, okay, that, that's what it's saying. But there's a story behind the, 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 the data and it's telling you, you know, is your website kind of functioning properly, you know, or is the traffic that's coming to your website, is it performing to its best ability? So, you know, there is that whole idea about, you know, um, it, 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 it's telling you a story. I love that analogy about it's telling you a story. And it's almost actually like you're driving along in the car and um you know, it starts chugging, it's not working quite as it should. So you're almost lifting the bonnet to see, okay, well, what's really going on in here? And sometimes they're very simple changes that can make a big difference to the traffic on your site, aren't they? Yeah, you know, and and again, it's also about understanding what people are actually doing. So sometimes on your site, if you're not tracking you know, little, you know, actions and events and stuff like that, you don't know they're going on, you know, so you might just see the traffic, the visit, but, you know, there, there, there's underlying activity going on there or not, as the case may be. And that can help you, you know, maybe just fine tune, you know, bits and pieces on your site. And even from a marketing perspective, if you're, you know, understanding, you know, which channels tend to perform better and you can, you know, redivert if you've got resources and time and effort that you're, 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 you're spending on these things. So it just means that you can allocate time, resources. And if you're if you're doing any advertisement as well. It can really help you see if you're getting any, you know, the return on investment. What is your advice for mm-hmm. business owners who are thinking about using social media advertising to promote their website, but maybe they're a little bit nervous of it? Yeah. Obviously, you know, you're you're making an investment there. So what what is your advice to somebody who's thinking about doing that social media advertising? Yeah, I mean, I think I suppose probably for most businesses and, you know, the SME space, um, they're probably looking at two kind of key areas of potential spend. One will be on search. You know, that will be typically Google ads and the other will be on social media. And it kind of, you know, again, for both, it comes down to your audience. So, you, you know, it, it, it's my advice will be certainly research using both. So, again, depending on your, your audience and the level of activity could be, for example, using Facebook advertisement or Instagram advertisement. In fairness, they've got great targeting options within those. You can target people based on their interests. You can target them based on their demographics. You can target people based on their geography. You can also do a thing called remarketing in there as well. So if people come to your website, both Facebook and Google give you a little piece of code that you put onto your website. And then as people visit your website, they essentially kind of drop cookies onto their browser, etc. And that you can target those people afterwards when they leave your website. So I go to Sharon's website, I leave, you know, we do that. We see this every day and then we're on a, a, a you know, um, a publisher website or we're back in Facebook. And because I visited your website, I now see an ad promoting that product or service that I just viewed on your website. So it helps to maintain that relationship. So that's certainly something that I would explore and look at and maybe do some uh, if you're if you're thinking about it, do, you know, some small pilot campaigns to see um, uh, how it's working. And then you can refine it over time as well. You know, so these things are endlessly kind of editable you know so it's not as if you set something live and 
you have to live with that. You can go in and make changes constantly and tweak it and see what's working and then manage your budget at a very fine grained level as well. Brilliant. Yeah, that's really good advice because the, I think the fear is that you put money into advertising and it's just this black hole that keeps going. But actually, it's not like that at all. You're in the driving seat. You make the decisions and you can tweak yeah. all the way through. Yeah, they're very self-managed, the, the systems. And again, the same with the, the, the search ads tend to be fairly um widely used so that's about you know trying to think about the search queries that people might be searching for when they're looking for your product or service if you're not ranking particularly well from an seo perspective an organic perspective you can then start looking at maybe bidding on those keywords and having your ad showing up for very very specific search queries so that drives really relevant traffic to your website and then you know hopefully then your website is you know well designed to kind of process that traffic but you know again you do need to look at particularly for the if you're thinking of doing the search ads making sure that you understand how you set them up and so yeah it does require a little bit of research as well to try and make sure that you're spending your money in as wise a way as possible yeah and i suppose doing it piece by piece rome wasn't built in a day so if at the moment you're yeah, you're yeah, sitting absolutely. there and you're looking at your website and you're thinking, wow, I have a, a lot of work to do, even just stepping back for a second to yeah. do a little audit. So how does it look? How could I make this journey easier? If I didn't own it, how would I feel about looking at that? Does it tell me all the information I need to do? Yeah. So e- even just from that yeah. and working forward, you know, it, it really it, it would help hugely, I think. And it's, again, so many businesses need to go online now. It is a necessity for business. So, you know, it's a, it's a no-brainer, really. And it's just having the confidence to be able to do that. Yeah. And you've certainly helped us with that today, yeah. Keith. Look, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, you, they're, 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 when you look at it in one gaze, it looks like a lot going on. But, you know, it's you know, it's bit by bit. You know, this, the website is your digital home. For most businesses, that's going to be key to get that right. And then look at this from, you know, you, you look at the different channels that you're going to try and use to drive traffic into that website. So that be that search, be that your social media, be that uh, email marketing over time as you build up your database, you know, so you can concentrate on those and build a strategy around those. Um, and, you know, it's going to take time, but it's a long term. I mean, your website and all the the activity that you build up around that, like it's an asset to your business. And if you invest in it, it'll pay you back over time. And as you say, you know, I think what, what, what's happened over the last three months, it's again just really made people kind of realize and refocus on the need for a good online presence. So, and, you know, that's, uh, that that's, it's sharpened everybody's focus once again. We kind of knew it all along, but it's just made us realize, obviously, in a very, very kind of serious way that it's, it's, it's going to be critical going forward yeah. as well. Well, Keith, I have no doubt that everything you've shared today has been a huge help to businesses at a time when it's never been more important, as you say, to have a solid online presence. On behalf of myself, Leo Fingal, and the businesses of Fingal, thank you so much for the wealth of information you've shared with us today. It has been a pleasure speaking to you. Great stuff. Thanks, Megan. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode brought to you by Local Enterprise Office Fingal. For more information and to keep up to date with our services, check out www.localenterprise.ie forward slash Fingal and sign up to our newsletter.